0: Saves me and after all Michael Harrison is my wonder. It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison.
1: Hey, welcome to episode 52, the Greg Odin edition of the podcast. Before I talk about him, it's the one-year anniversary of when I started doing H-Dog Pod episodes. I've averaged an episode a week for a year, which is pretty cool, and I'm thankful for those who listen and support me, and for my editor extraordinaire, Grant Nabsey-Roberts, who puts it all together. As you know by listening to these episodes, I'm not a big milestone guy, but one year is a pretty cool accomplishment, and here's to many, many more. Bang! Okay, back to Greg Oden. Poor guy. He just could not stay healthy. Drafted first overall in 2007 by the Trailblazers, one spot ahead of Kevin Durant, he never made an impact in the NBA, playing only 105 games, riddled by injuries, most significantly to his knee, and his career was cut short, missing three full seasons before trying to make a comeback with the Miami Heat, but he only played 23 games for them as well. Odin always looked many, many, many years older than he actually was when he entered the league. He's just 32 now, but he looked that old when he was drafted all the way back in 2007. He attempted to come back in 2015 with the Grizzlies and had tryouts with the Hornets and Mavericks that didn't work out. I think all that information about him is correct, is it? Uh, Who knows? I'm trusting Wikipedia has given me the right information on that one. Someone who knows a thing or two about how Wikipedia could lead you totally astray is my next guest, and we'll surely discuss that faux pas. So without further ado, let's get cracking. Okay, now welcome on a very, very special guest. He's been a great friend of mine for many years at TSN, And I haven't had a chance to speak with him for a very long time since he left the company. So I'm stoked to have him on this podcast. He was an absolute all-time original, the man, the myth, the legend, the self-described Indian Tom Cruise. Holla, welcome to the H-Dog Pod, Rishi (laughs)
0: Lal. Thank you for that. The the other nickname that uh, I think of... uh that has aged well with me is uh is chocolate thunder so we can we can go with that one as well.
1: <laughs> chocolate thunder i love that oh man like i said uh, it's been quite a while we obviously we've texted here and there uh, over the years but it's been uh, quite some time how you been my friend uh what's new
0: uh, not much man i've been uh been uh traveling the world for uh, gosh for the last 10 years and finally settled back in here but more importantly how uh, are you doing after your Seahawks uh, got dismantled by Mr. McVay's defense um, uh, or, or offense and defense, actually? How, how are you doing with all that?
1: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I've never seen a team in the NFL uh, be so brutal on defense the first half of the year and so awesome on offense, and then for it to completely flip 180 uh, the other way around for the last half of the year, I like just... Man, I just don't get it. I just don't understand how they didn't adjust a lot earlier. You know, so that's the frustrating part more than anything else to me was that their inability to adjust to what the defenses were giving them. They weren't able to do the, uh, throw the deep ball like they were earlier in the year. Okay, then that's your job. It's negligent, and that's why he was fired, I guess, of Brian Schottenheimer, their offensive coordinator, not to uh, you know not to be able to adjust to what teams were giving them. So that was very, very, very frustrating. I I actually thought this is the first time in like three years I thought they legitimately had a chance to maybe go on a decent run. So very frustrating for sure.
0: Well, I read that they, um, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, it looked like the Rams defense knew every play that was coming. Uh, and, and I mean, that's malpractice on, on, the, the, the OC, which I think he got fired for, but also you got to give credit to the Rams young young T coordinator. Cause he, uh, he, he, got inside the head of, of, uh, of that offense and and, and just man, nobody makes Russell Wilson look that bad for for that long. So
1: not not too uh, much, but he's like the last I think three last four games he didn't throw for over two hundred yards. So it's a like, it's like, I'm convinced he's uh, injured in some way as well. Maybe we we will never hear about that, but uh, I'm convinced that's the case. And like I said, the, the the yeah you got you got to adjust in those situations. So that's very frustrating. But yeah, you got to give the Rams credit. You can't just say it's all Seattle not doing well. But uh, man, well, before we we we. we.
0: We kick this thing out properly What uh w- w- i'll tell you my favorite memory of, of michael harrison i'm sure this is uh, <laughs> been, uh been been um uh, talked about a ton but the two memories that i have working in those newsrooms working those seven to threes working those five to ones uh, um one is you uh in, in your younger days i wouldn't say you were the most stylish uh, of folks wow you would walk in with your loafers You would walk in with your uh, NFL khakis and you would have your polo tucked in and that polo would have an NFL shield on it.
1: (laughs) That's right. And then
0: you would have the actual, uh, your big headphones on and then we would plug in so you couldn't listen to anybody. It looked like you're trying to be an offensive coordinator, Um, not for a team, but for the NFL. Um,
1: Maybe I should have been the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks. Yeah. Maybe maybe things might uh, turn out differently, you know?
0: But it's like that old uh, Rob Lowe uh, Super Bowl um, picture of him wearing a hat, not with a team, but the NFL <laughs> yeah, shield. Yeah, yeah. Who the hell wears an NFL shield polo? I think. I mean, uh,
1: what the, hell the
0: story behind
1: that? Uh, uh, there wasn't really. I think I just was given it or, or got it in some sort of loot bag and some somewhere. Uh, I didn't. I, I didn't physically buy it. That, that, that's for sure. Obviously, I would have got a Seattle one. I think I was given so it you, or something along those lines. I'm Pretty sure.
0: You could have burned it. The, the, the amount of uh, uh degenerates in the newsroom uh as soon as they got a hold of that that's red meat for those guys
1: <laughs> he said yeah, there's two stories what's uh what's the second one?"
0: Oh, the second one unquestionably without a doubt i think is still um legendary amongst uh, tsn folk even uh even now i'm sure is the baconator story
1: <laughs> yeah we've uh, we touched that uh, this is a yeah one year uh, anniversary of this podcast by the way 52 episodes oh, nice. It's pretty crazy. Congrats. I've literally done one a week, uh, pretty much for for an entire year, and yeah, that's been touched Congrats. upon three or four times. I'd say.
0: Congrats! Who else have you had? Uh, who else have you had on um, um, that uh, was talking about that story?
1: Uh, I think it was. Uh, I was actually Carlo Kolyakovo, who uh, who had never even met before. I uh, uh, was on the podcast a few episodes ago, and he brought that up. And I'm trying to think. I think Jennifer Hedger brought that up as well, and uh, maybe Dan O'Toole and Jay Onright uh, had some pretty cool guests. So. Uh, but well, yeah, of course, no one as cool as uh, as you, Rishi Lal. So uh, you goes
0: well, without saying. <laughs> it uh, yeah, I, I remember it you after six and a half, seven, starting to sweat and still giving it a good go <laughs> uh, at like twelve thirty. Uh, at night it was uh th- those are the good days
1: i'm glad you've uh embellished the story a little bit it was actually three and three quarters that i finished i couldn't get through i was trying to do five but i love that you six and a half seven go with that in angle my,
0: of- in my mind I, the, <laughs> the numbers don't matter as much as uh you perspiring significantly uh and and, and painting trying to eat uh eat, eat that it was uh um quite uh Quite a good time, my man.
1: <laughs> that was good stuff. Now, you said off the top of you've been, uh, you're traveling the world, of, now you're back in Toronto, I guess, but uh, where where did you go? Was it for work?
0: Yeah, well, more North America. So after I started uh, at, at TSN, I mean, I was there for five years. After about three and a half, I realized I, I kind of wanted to, to do something else. Um, hours were one thing, but I mean, production was, was good, but I mean, I was okay at it, but um, I knew I wanted to do something else. And uh, so I I flipped and I wanted to go kind of do the business side of sports. Um, And so I was looking around. I remember reading uh, when people used to read newspapers, which shows how old I am. I was in the base, my basement. And uh, there's an article about um, this guy named Kevin Abrams, who uh, went to a program called Ohio University, Canadian guy uh, at the time. I think he still is assistant general manager of the New York Giants in the NFL. He, someone asked him about some career advice in, in this article and just talked about how he went to Ohio University and that helped supercharge his career. And and so from that point forward, I knew I wanted to get in the business side of things and, so, and I knew I wanted to go back to school for it so I could uh, kind of know what I was doing. And so I went to, uh, to campus um, to check it out um they only accept 20 kids a year don't ask me how i got in probably my lovely eyebrows my charming personality
1: the fact that you're uh, the indian tom cruise perhaps and maybe you said holla and then uh, that's, what, that, that's what got I, you in right
0: my, yes that, that, that could be it as well <laughs> and, and, uh, and and so um i got in and from there um did a, did did a year of my master's there and then flipped it and um, worked at the university of virginia uh in charlottesville uh, on the uh, uh, sales side for selling kind of all their properties, including football and and uh, and basketball. Uh, and then we decided to come back, and I worked on the agency side, which is basically uh, representing our our agency, represented Scotiabank, uh, Canadian Tire, Boston Pizza, for all their sponsorships. So we did strategy, we did activation, um and so I mean I could have got back into the 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 sports sales world but I knew I kind of want to do something different and I needed I knew I needed a bit more strategic backing and I mean I didn't like uh well not that I didn't like I just my my time there was wasn't a match for my skill set I learned an absolute ton and that helped propel me into my my time where I'm at now and in um, the Canadian Hockey League and, and, and selling sponsorship there. And my time at the agency, I hated every minute of it. But, man, did it really set the stage for me to, uh, uh, to have some success uh, at uh, at the CHL.
1: So, yeah. So how long have you been to CHL for? And so, yeah, so you're saying you're selling sponsorships, eh? What uh, What else? Uh, day-to-day Rishi Law. Uh, what's uh, what's going on in your world? A 9-to-5 job? A uh, discussion? Uh, yeah.
0: It's kind of uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's some travel. It, it is kind of nine to five. Uh, we got 60 clubs, um, but to answer your question, I mean, first thing is when I I get a shower and I look at. That- mirror and look at the person back to me i'm just like man that is that's something special that (laughs) guy looking back at me in the mirror is 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 uh is is something great um (laughs) so once i get over myself there i uh uh yeah yeah we we hop in the car and and it's typically nine to five um lots of evening kind of work and and traveling to events uh meeting with clients um Sometimes I, I'm surprised I get paid to do it because it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, you get to meet people, you get to come up with great new programs, you get to work in sports. Um, it's, it's awesome. You really get to meet cool people. And, and I really do cherish the relationships that, uh, that I've, uh, uh, I've, I've met along the way and, and, and the people I've met along the way. Cause uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's not something you get in any, any job and, and TSN was great. I miss a lot of those guys. I mean, um, I had ten people at my wedding uh, from from TSN, and and I'm still in touch with uh, Jimmy Tone, talked to Rosales every once in a while, um, Jimmy Fairbrother, um, Alex. A lot of those guys I still still chat with, and um, kind of a few of them I've lost touch with. But I wonder. Uh, Wonder how those folks are doing. Are there still a lot of guys back from when I worked there uh, in the newsroom? Obviously, not in the newsroom, but in, in different positions. I know uh, Jimmy Tone's there. I know Amberly's there. Um, George Nasios, those guys are all. They still working there?
1: They're still there, but uh, is uh, a producer for Sports Center, and uh, Tone and Amberly are with TSN, but they're not. Uh, they're not like the I think the marketing and uh, sales side of things as well. So not in the actual newsroom anymore. Very, very. Yeah, I guess Guy Desormeaux would be there. Uh, that, that's still there at TSN and, uh, it's definitely, there, you would definitely not recognize most of the people there. If you're to go that row, um, uh, you brought up your, uh, up your wedding though, that I'm, uh, I want to talk about that actually, the, uh, the snafu that happened, uh, with your wedding. Do you remember uh, what happened with that with me?
0: Uh, he, yes, I, I, I vaguely, I remembered you, I've invited you, you never responded. And then all of a sudden you said you never got the invite.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it was like, I think it was a couple of weeks before the wedding or whatever. I was like, ah, oh, I would love to have gone that wedding. Oh, that'd be so cool. I love Rishi, whatever, whatever. And then uh, I'm working at night or whatever. I get a call from Eric Rosales, who you already mentioned. And he's like, yo, man, like, where are you? Uh, I'm like, I, I'm i at work. Like, What are you, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, uh, I don't understand. Like, yeah, no, like uh, you're supposed to be sat next to me at Rishi's wedding. I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I never got it. So yeah, I guess you accidentally forgot to the old little invite for me. So, uh, that I always thought that was hilarious that, uh, or maybe that was your <laughs>
0: or accidentally, or maybe you, 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 didn't get it. We worked together in the freaking newsroom. How, uh, I don't know how that's possible. I still to this day. Don't know how, um, how that happened, how, how, uh, Rosales calls you. And I mean, we had a good time. Those guys lit it up and, and, uh, we got married at the steam whistle and I mean, they probably say this to everybody, but, uh, my, degenerate friends they said they they drank the most amount of uh <laughs> uh weight of beer uh that they've had for any wedding. That's um, hilarious. So it, it was uh it was good times we were we were, we were up until the wee hours and, and and celebrating uh the nuptials it was uh it was it was a good time and and we were sad to to have you uh uh you not there but I mean look that was good that was that I I loved working at TSM man it was I was probably there a year or two too long because um, I started to get burned out. But I mean, it's a high pressure kind of uh, spot to be in. But everybody's in it together, and you got a bunch of dudes, tons of testosterone. Everybody trying to do the best they can under a really, really, um, really tight turnaround. It was um, it was it was a ton of fun. It really was. Um, I mean, are you still enjoying it? Do you remember? Do you look back fondly on those first five, six years and uh of when you were there
1: yeah absolutely I, I remember the the camaraderie is what i loved especially like obviously I, I started as an intern in 06 and you know you have to earn your stripes a little bit with uh you know, you know Gee or or Stone or you guys or whatever right because who knows an intern might just be not very good so uh i earned my stripes uh you know paid my dues for a couple years or whatever and then uh it was cool to be i think accepted as you know one of the good workers there and um yeah i miss uh being on the road and doing those things and so now i'm on Jane Dan and uh did the stats guy for them so which i love as well it's different but i uh, definitely miss doing uh you know golf packs on the uh, on the on the row
0: yeah man, those were those were good times i mean i remember when you you first came as an intern we were just we not laughed at you but we were just you were <laughs> such a character you had such a, a big personality and we didn't know what to make of you and then uh, we slowly endeared yourself, uh, 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 across the board. You were quirky as all get up. Um, and you were a little out there, but, uh, you, you really meshed and really fit in with, uh, w- with the group and, uh, uh, to, to, be a big part of, uh, kind of the culture that was there, at least when I was there. And, and I'm sure that, uh, um, that, that's kind of, uh, uh the way it's, 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 still, still is.
1: May I, uh, mention though, uh, you said, uh, you know, talking about your time on the, uh, when you worked at TSN, one of my favorite all time uh, memories of you was um, I'm sure you'll remember this when we wrote uh, what are called bumpers, which is lines to uh, try to entice the viewer to keep watching the show uh, going to, into the commercial break. This was your line. And uh, walk me through your thought process when you wrote this. I loved it so much. You said, come me up next. Get the lotion out. We're serving up facials in plays of the week. Do you remember doing that? <laughs>
0: Yeah, the, the the classic uh, double entendre um, <laughs> it was uh, uh, it could go either way you could do the PG version um, which is uh, for facials you do use lotion um, and it could be could be the uh, the other way. I mean I think I wrote it and I, I thought the PG way and then after uh, it uh, it went to air uh, I had uh, uh, many many texts. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I, I, think I got, I can't remember if I got called into, uh, uh, the producer's desk for that one. Um, I can't remember if they took it well or not. Um, but that was, uh, that was, uh, one of my finer moments along with, uh, <laughs> the, you be the judge line. Um, what was that? That for, uh, it was kind of timely actually. Cause it was, uh, I think it was 06 or 07 when the saints played the bears the nfc championship and uh there's a fumble and uh i put the line you be the judge of what it was and uh apparently um everyone in the newsroom thought that was the greatest thing in the world i still don't know <laughs> it to this day but whenever i get together with the boys that one always comes up as well um but i mean
1: wasn't there a wikipedia entry gone wrong uh gone awry for you as well uh, uh-huh. with joe mauer i think it was
0: you're 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 bringing up all the high points. Uh, this was uh, again shows how old I am. When we uh, when I mean Wikipedia, I wouldn't say is a trusted source uh, right now, but it's much better than it was before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I can't remember what the pack was, but I I, I um, was looking for a stat, and the first thing that came up was Wikipedia, and you know we're under site timelines, um, and so I went to Wikipedia and got a stat uh, for Joe Mauer, and uh, I put it in. And it was half right, but it was kind of not fully right. And so I got destroyed by – I can't remember who was the supervisor back then, but uh, I got called into the office, got reprimanded, and then uh, everybody knew uh, the the fuck up. And then uh, um, uh, the next day, there was a company-wide email – do not use Wikipedia as a reputable source. Do not use Wikipedia at all.
1: So what was it again that you'd said that Joe Maurer, like he read on Wikipedia that he used to play hockey or something? Or what was it? Uh, the yep. stat again?
0: I think it was like when he was, cause I think he's from Minnesota. I think he's from the Twin Cities. And I think he played on like a junior national USA hockey team or something. But it was like a much lower level. So the entry was kind of right. It wasn't a junior national team, but it was, I mean, you got to know your stats on that one. I mean, that one to me, especially if you're saying it in a hockey craze country in a hockey craze network like TSN, that's going to get a lot of play. And if you say it, people are going to try to look it up. And so I probably <laughs> should have done a bit more research. I was pretty green at that point. I think it was my first first year in there. Um, and and uh, uh, I mean, look, what we say our job is to make the anchors look good and write compelling stories. Um, and if we we make those mistakes, it makes them look really bad. I remember, um, I
1: remember once back in the day, one of my first days ever there, it was a tennis pack that I was doing. And I, I guess I got it into the editor late. And while it was airing, this pack was rendering. So basically, while the pack was airing on TV, it went to black because the, the, the thing was re- when it renders to start to, you know, to have the entire um, video. Uh, it goes to black. So during the middle of the tennis pack, one of my first days there, or whatever that I was, my first highlight packs I ever did, that's what happened. And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna get fired. I'm done. Like I'm done." But the producer just said, "Just don't make make sure it doesn't happen again." And thankfully, it has not happened ever since. So, but yeah, when that happens early on in your career, oh boy.
0: Yeah, dude, I remember those uh, Saturday nights when there's every Canadian teams playing, and uh, our show used to air at ten and uh, sometimes we would be up early and you would have to get your packs in, especially if you're in that first block with, with the Canadian teams I mean, I remember after, I think I made a mistake on a name uh, for a goal scorer and I remember Hedger walking out and she's like, Fudge, come on man gotta do better, and I'm, I didn't even know I made a mistake, and I, you just, it's crushing right, you feel so bad because um, you make them look bad um, and so that's uh, that's not ideal, but um, how is our boy, Rod Smith still there?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's just not, I had him, uh, one of the guests I had on this podcast and as always, just the absolute greatest man ever, uh, so much respect for him and just an amazing voice for, uh, for TV. And, and he's just honestly like just the best love him so much.
0: Rod is just not in addition to being a Raider fan, um, which he has my eternal respect for. Um, he would give anybody the time of day at any point. I mean, yeah. I remember the two of us. He'd be busy. He would take time out of his day and sit with me, and, and we would just talk Raiders, talk Kenny Stabler. We would talk um, kind of the old-school Raiders, and, and I remember, I'm like a little kid sitting on my dad's knee when I talked to him. <laughs> he, him talking about, um, I mean, one of my favorite sports memories is that Alomar home run uh, against the A's off Eckersley, and uh, Rod had such a great story. I don't know if he touched on it when he was there, but how they thought the game was over, so all of the 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 staff or the uh the media came down the stairs at the alameda county coliseum and they're just waiting in the hallway and uh after i think they, they 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 scored a couple runs in in the eighth and then in the ninth when almar or when uh accuracy struck out sprague when he looked in the dugout um rob was telling me that he could just hear um all the jays yelling at him, swearing at him at Eckersley, because you just don't do that to a player and embarrass him. And then he said, I thought I've heard uh, all the curse words I have in my life uh, out of one team uh, in that eighth inning. He goes, once Almar hit that home run uh, in the ninth, he goes, everybody stepped on the, out in the front step and started expletive-laden, um, uh, just verbally accosting Eckersley. And he said... Uh, uh there's a huge scrum afterwards and and Eckersley he said took it like a man but he just said it was uh um uh, such a a, a a unique story to cover and a drive hit to right field sierra going back looking up and this game is tied roberto alomar with his second home run in as many days has tied the game and the toronto bench out of the dugout and like, I was just lapping it up and just sitting and, and hearing them speak about it. It was just, it was awesome. He just has, he's forgotten so much sports than, than most of us will ever know. Yeah. Um, and he, yeah. on top of that, probably be one of the most decent human beings, uh, you'll, you'll ever meet.
1: Refresh from memory. So, uh, Eckersley struck out Sprague and like did like a little, like, the uh, like he was flexing basically or whatever. Like wh- yeah. wh- what, what, what were they so mad about?
0: So they were, I think the Jays were down six, one, um, and then, the Jays rallied in the eighth and I think they scored three runs to make it six, four. But, uh, I think there was runners at second and third, uh, they brought in Eckersley and, uh, he in, in the bottom of the eighth or top of the eighth and he struck out Sprague and then he wound up his arm and then glanced at the Jays bench, mm. um, like basically telling them, you, you, you're not going to beat me. And so kind of not only did disrespect Sprague, but he basically bared down the bench and uh it um uh especially that veteran team as well. Uh, you just don't do that. And uh uh a- after that um Almar steps up to the plate, uh hits that home run, raises his arms, does um uh the hop, puts his arms up. It was it was awesome. And then apparently the Jays bench came out and were just harassing Eckersley, squir- screaming at him, yelling at him. And uh rod was saying there was like three le- rows or levels of media um with uh, the national guys in the first level um the beat guys in the second and then the canadian guys in the third and he said eckersley still during that third level of media um eckersley still said i probably shouldn't have done that i mean he had a good pitch i mean because eckersley's era at that point was like 0.96 or something like that for for the year and he had like 50 saves he was just unhittable and, and the Jays got to him and, and especially after glaring at the bench, hmm. uh, that was, uh, uh, such a cool thing. And, and Rod was there right in the middle of it all. Um, and for him to tell me that story, was just, I mean, those are the things you miss, like, you know, and you just have some some real legends in the sports world in, in Canada and, and hearing them tell those stories. I mean, I'll never forget that story from, from, from Rod and, and, and Chris Schultz. I mean, he wrote one of my, um, Kind of acceptances into school he, he wrote a uh, uh basically an essay for me talking about um what i did for him and 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 uh, um kind of my role and with the cfl and tsn and i mean I'm, that that was a big thing to get me into school um having someone of his caliber write uh, an entrance kind of essay for me so um, just those little things that you don't you don't forget. And 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 Chelsea, he doesn't like talking to the on air staff. When you see him, he's always tucked away in the corner talking to the production guys. Yeah, yeah. He loved it. He would be tucked away in the corner, and and he could talk to Jock, and and and, and he could talk to Dunegan, But uh, he probably sick of talking to those guys all the time. He would always just be either talking football, talking life, just uh just in 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 the corners of that big studio down uh, down the basement there. I mean, um, just those types of things, you get to see different sides of people. Um, and, and, uh, instead of the bluster, you get to see who they really are. And, uh, um, I think Rod and Schultz, you kind of come across that way on TV. I mean, they're the, they're the genuine articles.
1: No doubt about that. Uh, you, And you touched upon, uh, earlier, uh, when you were talking about Rod Smith, about the Raiders, of course. That's being your team. I must eviscerate you right now, though. I always remember about this, and this makes no sense to me, and it, it should not be allowed. You can't have two teams that you're fans of. You're a fan of the Raiders and the Falcons. Defend yourself. That's ridiculous, though.
0: Yeah, well, well look, I, I was uh, a fan of, of of the Raiders. I mean, they're separate conferences. Let, let's be honest. So it's not. It's That's not, not bad. as
1: bad. It's not as bad. I'll give you that. Yep.
0: However, um, when 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 that whole stuff happened with Vic going crazy, um, I kind of lost a bit of interest. I mean, I've been a Raider fan. I mean, the Raiders have always been been my team for for the longest time. And I mean, look, the Falcons and Raiders aren't exactly uh, burning up uh, the the ladder of championship uh, teams. So, I mean, uh, uh, you have to have a bit of respect and, and sympathy of <laughs> that regard. But
1: um, you might have sold we, me, maybe. With,
0: yes, but so I've kind of lost interest. With, Um, probably in the mid, probably like 2005, 2006. And then I've just been, been at the Raiders forever and they're just awful. I mean, they just can't win. I mean, this year they can't play defense offensively. They're good. I mean, I was so excited for Gruden coming back and he can't make uh, a play call, um, uh, on third and short, fourth and short, and he doesn't know how to score in the red zone.
1: Well, let's talk about, um, let's talk about Gruden because he got that 10-year deal, and that might, this might be why he's not, but in three seasons, they haven't made the playoffs with John Gruden. Uh, Whether they're 8-8? Eight eight, Were they 7-9 and nine last year, I think, maybe? Yeah. Um, how three- has he escaped any criticism? I feel like no Raider fans are saying for him to be fired. What other coach would be there for three years, not make the playoffs, and not have any scrutiny to get fired? I find that really bizarre.
0: The first thing you got to understand is Gruden is everything uh, about the Raiders. I mean, look, the reason I love the Raiders is they're more than just a team. I mean, they were the first team to hire a female CEO, first team to hire a Hispanic head coach, first team to have a uh, his, uh, Hispanic head coach, African-American head coach. I mean, Al Davis didn't give a spit shit who you were. As long as you could help him win, mm-hmm. I mean, even go back in the 60s and the civil rights era. I mean, there was a a, a, a game that um, they were supposed to go down and play in New Orleans, um, but it was segregated. And Al said no. And I think he took his team to Houston or something instead. I mean, he absolutely loves his players and he was ruthless as, as they come, but he was fair. And so, to me, that organization stand, the whole marketing of that team. I mean, that whole organization is more than just a sports team. I mean, it's it, it's 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 everything that is good in sports. Yes, he argued and and um, got su- He sued the NFL for not allowing him to move, and NFL kind of screwed the Raiders a lot too. I mean, they were supposed to um, be in LA and 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 um, have uh, a stadium, but uh, I think the NFL stepped in and um kind of uh their hand um for them not to 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 be that uh, that other team in, in la and so i mean that team to me is much much deeper than just 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 uh um kind of uh, on the field and so i love everything about them and to tie back to gruden that's what gruden stands for i mean look gruden could take any job he wanted he wanted the raiders job because i mean he got traded by al davis Mm-hmm. Traded, Crazy. and he still appreciated uh, um, all the stuff he learned under Al. And John knew how to work uh, with 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 uh, um, with Al. I mean, Al wouldn't listen to anybody because look, he's a Hall of Famer in the co- as a coach, as an owner, and as a builder. And he was for- Al Davis was a former commissioner of the AFL. I mean, so what? What's a coach going to tell that guy that he doesn't already know? Mm-hmm. But Gruden knew how to work with Davis. He actually. Um, I, I can't remember the story, but there was some defense that uh, Al Davis wanted uh, Gruden to play for a certain team, and instead of saying no, I'll, I'm going to do it my way, he actually got cutups of the defense and showing the way Al wanted to play, um, and and how it didn't work. And then Gruden and then Davis goes, "Okay, you're right." I mean, just those of things. They 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 did at the end. It added bitterly, but Gruden appreciated it, and. Al, John buys into all that Gruden buys into all the mystique around the Raiders and and how um, the team is bigger than just a, a football team and the history behind it. I mean, how good they were in the 70s and the bad boys and all that stuff. I mean, that's what Gruden is. And I feel like if you're not a Raider fan by choice. I mean, who would in their right mind in the last 20 years with one winning season would want to join a uh, jump on the Raiders bandwagon? So they've been with the club for a long time. And so they appreciate that aura and the mystique around the club and John Gruden represents all of that. And so there's starting to be some cat calls around Gruden in terms of what I was talking about. Um, he's too conservative, a play caller. Um, he doesn't want to fix the defense. Um, I mean, he's, he's got four tight ends and a fullback uh, on the field on, on fourth down multiple times this season. Um, I mean, I, I uh, but if you look what he do with the offense, he's turned it around. That's a top 10 top 11 offense. um they've got some studs there on defense is just where, where they're struggling. and I mean incrementally they've shown improvement three and 13 year one, that was a total teardown year. they traded back they traded Amari Cooper uh and then they went to seven and nine. I mean, they were six and two and then they they ended the season uh awfully last year. Um, and then this year they were six and two as well. And then ended up, uh, eight and eight. And I mean, and they needed a two point conversion, um, at the end of the game to beat the Broncos to get to eight and eight. So there's small incremental progress, but, um, I think they're headed in the right direction. They just need, uh, um, with Gus Bradley coming in as defensive coordinator, I think he's going to do, uh, hopefully some good things. And he's got a couple of, uh, assistants under him who have been with him for five, six, seven, eight years that, um, are good teachers, because the Raiders' defense, uh, especially the secondary and the D-line, is really young, so I think they need some some teachers. But um, on Abrams, I mean, I was pumped when they drafted him at a Mississippi State, 27th overall. He's just been a bust. Doesn't know how to cover, has no awareness. He can tackle, but even then he misses a lot of tackles. But he'll give you that one wow hit from coming up from the safety position, and then he'll give you those 10, oh, sugar moments where he just, just doesn't even look like he belongs to the NFL
1: get you out of here with a couple more questions uh, to basketball. Uh, a couple days ago, of course, uh, James Harden uh, finally got his way out of Houston, going to Brooklyn uh, to pair up with uh, Kyrie and Durant. Is that, that going to blow up in the Brooklyn's face? It feels like it will, like potentially eight first round picks or, or I guess pick swaps for four of those eight, but that's a lot to be giving up. Uh, how do you think that's uh, trade's going to work out?
0: Well, I think there's two, two things. One is the current um, kind of trajectory of that club. And the other is the future. I mean, look, by the time those those picks are up, I read something like Durant, uh, Harden, and Kyrie are all going to be in their late 30s. Um, so there's potential for for that to blow up, and Big it time. could be Celtics scenario where um, or where the Nets traded for Pierce and I think Garnett, and and um, they they got them on the downslope of their careers. And I think they traded all those picks, and and I think the Celtics got some 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 high picks. I mean, in the short term, though, I mean, look, all three of those guys are unstable personalities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, Durant's a bit laid back, um, and so is Harden. Um, Kyrie's a bit of a wild card, but I mean, there's only one ball, and I mean, I feel like Durant's going to be the first among equals. He will be the Liam Gallagher in, in Oasis, where he's just slightly ahead of Noel when it comes to uh, pecking order in terms of of, of fans and and in terms of spirit. So I feel like uh, Durant's going to always have the ball, but how are you going to tell that to Kyrie and Harden? I mean, those guys are superstars in their own right. Um, And then who's going to defer? And so I feel like Harden and and KD have a good enough relationship where they can talk. But I mean, look, Kyrie's just got fined 50 grand and he's going to lose $800,000 because he wasn't wearing a mask at a party. I mean, I love what Kyrie does in the community. I mean, I think a lot of that stuff doesn't get talked about where he's donating um, he helped pay some some uh, salaries for WNBA clubs he delivers food to underprivileged communities. I mean, you only hear about the negative uh, disruption stuff he does, but I love kind of what he does in the community but I mean he's a different cat and he put all three of those in a room uh, with one ball It's gonna be, fascinating. Um, only- it's
1: gonna be very, very yeah. fascinating that's for sure.
0: That's gonna be crazy. And then they give up those first four four first round picks. They give up the pick swaps. I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy, man. But hey, that's why you make all those trades and you get all those picks and and, and so it's uh I am fascinated to watch. I mean, it'll be be fun to see uh potentially those guys in the Eastern Conference against uh Giannis uh um uh and the Bucs. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be fascinating. The East is, is 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 much stronger now for sure.
1: Or maybe it'll be the Raptors in the East Final. Oh, which, yeah,
0: but I bet you Bobby Webster kicked themselves nice. uh football and surge. Um, I mean, that center position. Boucher's stepping up, but I mean, he's just so thin when he gets back down. And, and, and clubs know you look um, out east in Portland and, and, and Golden State, what they did was they just try to take to the hole every time because they have nobody there. And Siakam seems like he's in permanent foul trouble the whole year um, just because they have no Gasol or Surge to, to pick up the slack. But. Siakam's i starting to look a little bit like himself now. He's starting to uh, to pick it up a little bit after an awful bubble and awful start to the year. Um, Freddie looks really good. Lowry looks kind of about the same. Um, Baines looks like a plug. I don't know what 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 happened to him. I heard he was uh, was okay, kind of working like with with uh, w- with the Suns, but he's kind of fallen off the cliff. And Boucher, hopefully, he's been the biggest revelation. I think man, I, that guy can stroke it, and I love that he's fearless. He'll take any big shot. He'll take it to the hole. He'll look to block anybody. I mean, he's just a fun, fun guy to watch and on top of that, he's Canadian, so uh, he's, he's fun to watch.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, we'll see with the Raptors. Uh, it'd be nice to see them uh, make a, a, a bit of a run, but uh, tough start to, to the year, and I was trolling some buddies, actually. I was trying to get them triggered and saying, oh, the Raptors need to blow it up, get rid of Siakam, all that stuff. They didn't take the bait, unfortunately. I was just trying to do that to, to kind of get them going, but uh, nice. you know, last, uh, I'll get out of here on this. Did you say, were you comparing Liam Gallagher from Oasis to James Harden? Was that what you were saying there?
0: Yeah, a, a little bit in terms of, uh, of more of the pecking order. Well, it's funny
1: cause, uh, yeah. uh, cause I, I Google Liam Gallagher cause I know you love Oasis and I actually, I think he could, Liam Gallagher could play Steve Nash in a movie based on this picture that I'm seeing here, uh, who, who is the Brooklyn Nets head coach. So uh, look,
0: that, 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 that's a good parallel there, but I mean, look, <laughs> I, I'm married with two kids and, and I love women, but uh, Liam Gallagher's a much better looking man than Steve Nash. Let's uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll leave it at that.
1: I just, uh, yeah, like I said, I just Google that. And that's uh, funny. You mentioned again, Oasis, because it leads to the last question that our good friend, Eric Rosales asked for me to ask you. Uh, this is the question, a hypothetical, uh, as it were, there's a ticket sent, uh, sent to you personally by Oasis for a one-time performance for their most loyal fans at the horseshoe in Toronto. You also have tickets to a Raiders playoff game in Vegas the same night. Both once in a lifetime events. Which one do you choose? That's from Eric Rosales.
0: That's a great question. I mean, I have to look at uh, what the set list would be for the Raiders or for the uh, for Oasis. Um, I have seen um, Oasis probably twenty times in my lifetime, and each show uh, has, uh, has has uh, taken a piece of my heart, much like my children. Not. Um, <laughs> seen a raiders playoff game um what seems like a lifetime uh the last raiders playoff game was 2016 Derek Carr got injured the second last game in the regular season i mean the only team yeah. in nfl playoff to have a quarterback start his very first game as a rookie in the playoffs uh was like connor connor, cook,
1: connor cook right
0: connor cook yeah. yeah they shit the bed so and the last time they were in the Super Bowl uh, was in San Diego in 2002. So you tell Rosales, he's, he, he's, he's got me thinking that the, the wheels are turning in my head. But if I had gun to the head, if I had to choose, probably a Raiders playoff game in in, uh, in Vegas just simply to the fact uh, the, the scarcity of how, how bad that club has been and how many times I've seen Oasis.
1: That's uh, so very true. Uh, l- l- let me uh, do a fun little game with uh, you here. I'm sure it'll piss you off. Uh, just by accident because uh, I don't know uh, a lot of times with songs I'll know them to hear them but I don't know the song titles or bands but of course if I hear the song I'm like oh of course obviously I know that song what's uh, give me uh, the title of like Oasis' like, uh, biggest hit and see if I even know what it is what do you mean
0: if you know what it is it was probably Morning Glory was their biggest uh, one of the biggest selling albums um, of the 90s uh, 21 million albums sold and everybody knows the song Wonderwall Everybody uh, no.
1: G- g- How much to me are singing to me right now? I'd love to hear your uh, exquisite even. voice.
0: You're gonna be the one that saves. Oh me. yes, of
1: course, of course. So that, that's a perfect and example. Perfect the, example. Uh, keep going though. Sorry, keep going.
0: Yo my wonder. Wall. <laughs> Interesting note <laughs> about that song. That song and there's a song called "Don't Look Back in Anger." Um, one was sung by Liam. One was sung by Noel. Liam Gallagher wanted to sing both of them. Noel said both of these songs are going to be monster hits that are going to be remembered years down the line, which he was true uh, about that. And so Liam got to choose one. He chose Wonderwall. Noel, Noel saying, Don't Look Back in Anger. Rest is history. Uh, both of them were big hits, but I feel like Wonderwall is probably a little bit bigger. So even down to the end, Liam's chase, or taste in, 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 in music is uh, um, uh, second to none.
1: Well, since I don't have the rights to actually play these songs on this podcast, uh, do a little bit more as we lead us out to the end of the interview. Uh, give, well, give us some more.
0: Before I hum out, I want to ask you, how are you feeling at the uh, the state of the world of everything that's going on right now with uh, with Corona, with uh, the riots going on uh, across the U.S.? Um, uh, are you feeling positive about where we're going to be? Uh, with vaccine? Are you feeling positive uh, with the administration coming in, in in the U.S.? Tell me what's uh, what's going on in Michael Harrison's head.
1: Well, I was actually sort of surprised. I don't follow the politics like crazy or whatever because I know it's just so negative and awful and everything. I was surprised up until the you know riots at Capitol uh, Hill there that before that I was like, I would have expected more of what happened eventually there. I expected more of that to happen and I was like, why hasn't that happened? And of course then that happened. Oh God, it's just... It's just awful, just so awful, and, you know, the, the divisiveness that that man created in the world, it's just, it's, it, oh, just so awful, and I hate that, uh, what it's become, you know? And, uh, of course, I also hate it when people are like, oh, this, this um, uh, coronavirus is only uh, be- uh, sent out because of the election, and there are all these conspiracy theories about that. It's just like, my God, man, it's the global pandemic. It's not something that's going to go away as soon as the election ends. It's so ridiculous to think that way. And I just wish people would just, you know, st- just do the smart, right thing. Who c- staying home anyway is better uh, as it is anyway than going out, in my opinion. So just stay home. Like, ah, oh, it just it breaks my heart.
0: Michael Harrison fired up political junkie. Michael Harrison, <laughs> this Harrison, I love. I want to hear more of this.
1: <laughs> well, that's the. I'm literally talking to the side of my ass because I don't know much, uh, and I and I'm not even proclaimed to know much about politics or whatever, but. When he's irrational and ridiculous times a million because he's a president of the United States. No, 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 no. That, that's when uh, it's obviously horrible. And uh, good God, man, I, I, I drew I truly do uh, worry for the world, uh, especially in the states there that it's so divided, even though his presidency, of course, will be over and Biden will be coming in is still going to be, of course, uh, his supporters. And it's just it's just really sad. It really is.
0: I mean, look, I think a lot of people have said I put a mask isn't a political statement. I mean, I, I don't care what anybody says, just put a goddamn mask on. Um, and, and look, I'm not putting a mask on to protect me. I'm t- doing it to protect you. Yeah. And so, I mean, just do it. I feel like in Canada, we're a little bit more um, kind of understanding of that, where people are wearing masks and it's not really an issue the way it should be. But in the U.S., I mean, it, it has become a, a rallying cry for a certain segment of the population. And, and I mean, there's no arguing what it does, and the impact it.
1: And we've had these masks for so many months now. It's not like all of a sudden we have to wear masks. We've had it for so many months. I'm just used to it by now. It's okay. I'm going outside. I'm wearing the mask. There's, there's no – it's not even a thought process anymore. You know what I mean? Like, you just yeah. – oh, good God, people. It just. It's just – like what are you? Huh? Well, like, what are you accomplishing? You're you're so cool having an anti-mask rally. It's just it's just so freaking dumb.
0: Well, we've we've kind of brought this thing to a screeching halt here. I mean, we've talked about how bad the Seahawks' uh, um, season ended. We've talked about people not wearing masks. Uh, we've talked about um, me using Wikipedia, um, <laughs> and of course when we probably shouldn't have. Uh, we've talked about facials. Um, <laughs> we really have said it all. Um, we probably depressed people, but why don't you, Michael Harrison on your own podcast, leave us with words of wisdom, leave us with some hope, leave us with something that people are going to end this podcast with a smile. Give us something, something that you can, uh, tell, tell your loyal listeners, um, that the world is going to be good. It's going to be okay for them to go out their door outside their doors in months.
1: Well, I was just going to say, uh, not necessarily necessary about that, but I would say that if they've listened to this episode with you, Rishi, just like has been the case, like you do make everyone, you know, uh, very happy because you're such an awesome dude. And, uh, I think it's going to come across in this episode. Clearly, uh, your stories were funny and it's just, you know, it's been amazing to uh, catch back up because it's, it's amazing how quickly time flies and you lose touch with people and you, you, maybe you know, text here and there or whatever, but you know, uh, you just people get busy, you know, and I'm so glad uh, to be able to hear from you again. And, uh, I know it'll come across in this podcast. People are going to love it for sure. And, uh, you, you probably should end the podcast with a little holla and a little bit of uh, your favorite Oasis song.
0: All right, holla holla holla. That's for Eric Rosales and Guy DeSormo. and then I will I, I will I will hum us out, and then go into a full rendition of of Wonderwall. All right, here we go, Harrison. It's been an unbelievable time chatting with you. It's been uh, good to hear you uh, hear your voice. We picked right back up where we were as little kids, um, (laughs) 10 or 15 years ago. Um, and and I think you're just a big kid now, which is, which is awesome. So, uh, good catching out my man. You too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Saves me. And after all, Michael Harrison is my wonder wall. I said, maybe (laughs) Michael's going to be the one that saves me and after all that's all i got michael
1: that's all i got <laughs> uh, i love it so so good uh thanks for being on rishi you're you're the best and uh continued success
0: you too man we'll talk to you soon
1: yeah take care wow that uh, i honestly didn't think he was going to actually uh <laughs> sing that but what an absolute the, the clearly a banger of a rendition uh doing that on the end of that podcast and normally at the end of these interviews I'll recap my, my the highlights of the uh, the podcast, but he did an amazing job himself with that. Uh, you know, just talking about trips down memory lane and some of the mistakes we made at work. Unfortunately, you know, uh, we could laugh about them now. But at the time, of course, it feels uh, pretty soul crushing when you make a you know, especially a really really bad mistake. Uh, and he, <laughs> we had some awesome ones with the uh, the Wikipedia and uh, I didn't I honestly didn't realize the the NFL uh, shield shirt that he was talking about uh, caused such a. Uh, a stir and divisiveness. I really had no idea that that was such a, a thing, which is uh, which is hilarious. And now Rishi is an absolute gem of a, of a human being. I love him so much. And as he said, like we picked up right where he left off. And isn't that the best thing? You may lose touch with friends. Those are the best friends to have that you may don't, you, maybe you don't talk to him for, I think it's the last time I talked to him was probably about a decade ago, as he said, but you're able to pick up right where you left off like you hadn't missed any time at all. And those are the types of people you want in your life, positive people, that are just really, really cool and friendly and fun, and they just make you smile. And no question about that. Rishi Lal is that uh, individual, just the absolute funniest dude, and uh, so glad uh, that he's doing well for himself. Unfortunately, uh, it's too bad that TSN's lost to not have him for so many years, because we all all lost. The people who worked in in that building all loved him so much, so... It, it was disappointing to see him leave, but it was uh, good to see him uh, flourish and do well uh, for the rest of his career. So uh, thank you for listening to uh, episode 52 of this podcast. As I mentioned off the top, we discussed, uh, this has l- literally been a, a full year of episodes, F- uh, episode 52 on average, one a week, which is, you know, I, I, uh, I'm very happy with that. I couldn't have done it without uh, my editor, Grant uh, Nabesy roberts He's done a fantastic job editing these episodes together uh, thank you for listening. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. And if you have any suggestions or anything, you maybe a future guest that you'd like me to have on or something you'd like me to rant about or discuss, whatever the case may be, uh, you know, reach uh, me on uh, social media at uh, Hound Dog Harrison and, of course, uh, uh, H-Dog Pod as well. Thank you for listening to all these episodes. Very much appreciate it. And thank you for Rishi, to Rishi Lal for being on this podcast. Bang.
0: This has been the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Mmm bang.
1: Mmm bang. Mmm bang. Mmm bang. Bean. Uh, I'll get started here if you're all good. Awesome, let's do it. Sweet. Thanks uh, again, Buzz. Buzz uh, sh- uh, uh, sh- uh, Pretty excited.